LMNOP, the podcast about the best show on television, and that is, of course, Reservation Elementary. Dogs. Huh? <laughs> uh, okay, I actually answered. I, okay, so I gave the real answer because uh-huh. Elementary is unfortunately no longer on television. Oh, oh, uh, I see. So okay, I, so okay, I, okay. so I suggest. So I. I stuck within the rules, the rules that mm-hmm. you have set on this show, the best show mm-hmm. on television, and I said Reservation Dogs. Reservation Dogs. I have heard good things about that show. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I was gonna I was gonna try and see if I could shoehorn it in as some some kind of light bringer esque thing, <laughs> but I figured, you know what? Why not just start off at the beginning? Heck yes, we do it right at the beginning on LMNOP. Now, if you are a new listener or an old listener, you might be thinking, who are these people? What's happening? So LMNOP is a a show about elementary, um, a TV show that's, as you pointed out, no longer on on air. But um, this used to be a show that was hosted by me, Val, and my my partner, Alec. Uh, However, Alec and I, um, during our hiatus, also... uh, ended our relationship. So going forward, the I got custody of LMNOP and I'm going to be recording with rotating guests. So this week we're talking about season two, episode 12, The Diabolical Kind. And I'm Val Flycub, aka a six foot tall photorealistic painting of Lucy Liu. And with me is a New guest whose voice you might recognize from Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, Not a Threat, Just a Fact. We have Joe. Hey, welcome. Uh, well, welcome to myself, I guess. Welcome uh, to you. Thank yeah. you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I was a star witness in the custody trial. Um, I feel like, you know, <laughs> it was it was a hard fought battle, but mm-hmm. I'm, I, I believe that the right decision was made. Uh, so yeah, as Val mentioned, I'm Joe and AKA. You can also refer to me as a bionicle shrine. Bionicle shrine. The diabolical kind of bionicle shrine. Oh, yes. Very <laughs> much so. <laughs> Thank you so much for being being with me here, Joe. So how did you like the episode? Have you watched Elementary before? Yeah. So uh, when I found out that uh, there was going to be some spots opening up for guests of an LMNOP, mm-hmm. I took it upon myself to... A volunteer myself to be the first one because I was always a keener. I was very much a little Shakespeare growing up. I was always <laughs> always quick to volunteer myself uh, in school, uh, and 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 so I volunteered to go first. And then I realized, oh, I'm only familiar with the hit podcast Element OP. I'm not familiar with the show. <laughs> <laughs> As is so often the case with these uh, media podcasts, I just like the podcasts. I don't really like the shows. Yes. And so I uh, I actually took it upon myself to watch the entirety of ele- uh, Elementary up until this episode in <laughs> oh my two gosh. days. 
Two days. Two days. That's so great. Uh, I actually ended up watching some of the uh, the show while on shift at at the gallery that I work at. <laughs> I was going to ask if you were working for any of that time. That's incredible. Oh man! Well, you were you were looking at art while you were at the gallery. Absolutely, I was looking at Johnny Miller and Lucy Liu, who is a work of art. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, this episode, uh, to answer your question earlier, did I like the episode? I, I really like this episode. Um, Good. yeah, I, I, I watched, I listened to the last episode of Element OP, um, about episode 11. Mm-hmm. And when I was listening to that episode, I was like, oh, this is this is a very good episode. Like, you know, we're going to get into some Marcus stuff. Probably we're going to mm-hmm. he- hear a little bit more about, uh, uh, you know, Sherlock. And we're going to get some more Lucy uh, Lou um, as Joan Watson doing some more training. But mm-hmm. this episode was really uh, like it embedded in the story that's continuing on, like the main plot. It's like, yes. uh, for, for X-Files fans, like the canon episodes are like, are pretty familiar to them. And so this is, was a canon episode and very heavily on plot. So I'm actually very glad I went through the whole series before <laughs> watching this episode. Yeah. I should probably have made a, a I should make a little, like reference guide for people who do do other who don't um want to do the correct thing which is watch all of elementary up to the episode that they're on yeah because this is this is very um moriarty heavy i mean yeah yeah for sure well, yeah. already moriarty coming back into the fold of things really mhm so and uh if you'd like to, if you're ready to just jump right into it i am yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. So the the first thing, I mean, the reason it's not a spoiler for us to say Moriarty is in this one is uh, the previously on is like all the scenes with Moriarty. <laughs> like, yeah. You remember Moriarty? She's played by this uh, actress. It's great. Um, yeah. So we're primed. We're ready. And then uh, we start with the episode and Joan is headed off to a true, ro- true romantics date, which is the like running dating website that she's always on um and sherlock is like oh yeah you're gonna go on a, a date with a stranger i'm sure that's gonna go great uh, good luck good luck joan uh, i'm you a know, supportive uh, friend you know you know joan maybe you should try some semen retention maybe that would really <laughs> maybe that would really maybe that would help you with becoming a better apprentice of mine <laughs> have you been listening to zero to zero uh well i might have been <laughs> It's a good show. It's got it's got some good hosts. It's got Giga. It's got Sam. Yeah. It's got it's got it's got uh, other. It's got yeah. Fight Club. <laughs> yes. So um yes, Sherlock is like Joan. If you held in your semen, it would be better. Um no, but he he's just like okay, Joan, have fun being a quote unquote normal person, and uh, she says to him, "Is it laundry day?" What's happening? Because he's wearing his bee suit, mm-hmm, his whole mm-hmm. bee outfit. He's just being <laughs> <laughs> himself. <laughs> himself being himself. You know, I, 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 as somebody who has uh, frequently fallen behind on my laundry, sometimes you just gotta wear what's around. I remember once mm-hmm. I, I was really behind on my uh, laundry, so I wore a dress shirt and swim trunks. To uh, 
head downstairs and grab something to eat while we had company over. And it was... Uh, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's okay. I, ha- I, I, I completed the whole look with um, a pair of very nice, very, very, uh, very, very comfortable uh, elf uh, jingle bell house shoes, slippers. <laughs> So I just I just looked like a person who didn't want to be talked to, which is oh, exactly man. what I want to be when I'm somebody who's going for a snack. That is really well crafted outfit. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> was it Christmas time ish? No, it was it was it was July. Okay, so like so, I, so I guess right. it was, so it's Christmas in July. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. So you're hitting kind of both of the. You know, Christmassy and the swim trunks, so it's like summer. It's yeah, it's yeah. an intentional look. It sounds. <laughs> it sounds it, like it, I definitely wouldn't have said anything to you if I had seen you in that outfit. <laughs> you know, um, and and I think that that's you know sometimes when you're uh, when you see people who are going through it, you just kind of let them go through it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Joan uh, goes out for her date, and Sherlock goes up to the roof with his bee outfit. He's uh, giving calming the ladies with some smoke, and uh, he takes out a little panel of the the beehive and opens it up, and there's some envelopes in there. We yes. got some letters, correspondence, some boomer correspondence. Mm-hmm. Some snail mail, some bead mail. Uh, so. <laughs> So Sherlock sits down, he starts writing an, a new letter. He says, you know, well, we've been writing each other for a long time, and love is so complicated, right? You know, Joan, I see Joan going on these normal dates, and every time she just, she hates it. She comes home, and every time she's a little more disheartened. And, you know, we get a, a shot of Joan on her date, and she's just like, uh, check, please. <laughs> Um, and he basically, his, he's like, you know, I, I've been avoiding, you know, love, but is it because I'm above it or because I'm bad at it? Mm -hmm. And, um, that's the, that's the question. That's what, that's Sherlock's whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very Mm -hmm. much so. You know, you're, you're, you're good at everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you 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 big yourself up to be somebody who knows a lot about a little bit of everything, and mm-hmm. then there's this thing that you come up across, and you're like, "Oh, I'm not good at this." So is it is the is the is the is it bad or am I bad? You know, right? And for yeah. and for someone like Sherlock, I think the key is going to be, you know, my thought going through the whole show. Um, and so quickly was that, you know, I feel like the, the major arc of this, of the show is going to have to be Sherlock either learning to live with, with that inadequacy or mm-hmm. overcoming that inadequacy, inadequacy and then sort of finding, um, his way, finding his footing as it were. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of like him learning how to be a person kind of. Yeah. 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 So, um, and he he also mentions, you know, that if it was that he was, you know, so above everything and he was uh, this, like, perfect smart being, then he wouldn't regret 
things that he's done. And while he's talking about regret, it goes over to Belle at the shooting range, who's like still having trouble. Um, like he can't, he doesn't fire his, cause his hand is like wiggling too much. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, I think this is the only time we see Belle this entire episode. Yes. Um, is, is him, is him grabbing the, uh, he's, uh, he's a, he's a righty. So he picks up the pistol with his right hand and he has the, uh, his left hand underneath and but it's still uh a bit too much for him right now. Yeah, the tremors. Yeah, you you got you did not get any any bell. I mean, I think he isn't really doing a lot of police work right now because he's still recovering, but True, true. Rip. But I but I thought it, I, you know, I definitely would have assumed um like it was brought up in the last episode of Elemental P like having the three-part structure over three consecutive episodes. The the incident and then the tremors and then the sort of dealing with the consequences and then the recovery, mm. but you know, we'll have to wait and see if he if 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 Bell really gets on that track even by the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. We are very much at the halfway. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're very much at the halfway point of the season. So we we shall see. True, true. So yeah, Sherlock concludes his letter by saying, you know, can questions of love be answered? I just wrote blah in my notes after that. Don't really know why, but um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, and then we see Moriarty, who is who you know he's been writing to, obviously, and she is. Um, She's getting ready to do some paints, and we see that she is painting a, I almost said life-size, but it's much larger than life-size, um, a painting, a portrait of Joan that's about as big as Moriarty herself. It's like six by four or something. It's like humongous yeah, painting. It's very big. It's, it's, and, you know, I think that, uh, so there's, so it's, so it's obviously a very well done portrait mm-hmm. of Joan. It's, uh, it's from the, uh, it's from like the chest up. Mm-hmm. And what I think is interesting is that, uh, Joan is in like this plain sort of background, like this like brown background. Mm-hmm. But I really can't think of a time where, uh, Moriarty would have seen Joan in that particular framing. And if she did see Joan, in that way it could not have been for more than several minutes yes yeah the memory on her yeah but the and the rendering on the canvas is very good yeah yeah that that surprised me too because she just i mean she has no reference except her memory but she nails it somehow Mm -hmm. i mean you know lucy lou would see her on anyone's mind but yeah uh, yeah (laughs) absolutely it's been that way since 2004 for me basically (laughs) what happened in 2004 was that Charlie's Angels? Uh, it was the f- no, it was the first time I saw Kill Bill. Oh, Kill Bill. Yes. That's a good one. Yes. Very good one. So then um, we cut to um, some guys in night goggles and tactical gear and stuff. And they're looking, they're in a van and they come out of the van and they're basically doing a very precision laser strike dad assassination and kidnap is what I wrote in my notes here. Um yeah it's like a it's like a it's like a um a um oh what's that what what was that game called um siphon filter for the playstation you know very much like a like a stealth based mm-hmm. like you know very much like a but it's but it's not so much uh stealth as it is like break and enter like mm-hmm. and then just like you know this kidnapping and yeah it's very quick get in get out yeah very yeah very much so mm-hmm. yeah. like because they, they have you know they have silencers on the the guns and everything, everything. So the dad's like going up the stairs, and they see him, and they're just like, pew, pew, like, oh you yeah. Know. So yeah, they they take a kid, and uh, so then we go to. I said that really flippantly. It's 
not like it's easy. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, they made it look easy. That's for sure. <laughs> they did. So then it's the, the next morning and Joan and Sherlock are on the scene, you know, talking to Captain. And uh, the Captain says that the guy that died is this like old British like old money guy, basically. Yeah. And the other thing is they say, he says, uh, the wife woke up an hour later and noticed that the husband like wasn't in bed and like, and then noticed that something was wrong. So like, th- these are, these were like very professional, like very sneaky. For sure. Although on the, on the one hand, I feel like I'm the kind of sleeper who, you know, someone could get taken out in my house <laughs> and someone could get kidnapped and I probably wouldn't. Know. Oh no. I'm a I'm a very I'm a very deep sleeper. It's kind of it's kind of problematic. I I kind of wi- I mean I'm I'm jealous of that because I have recently like anytime the sun is up like I mean I moved to a new place September first you know so I still don't have curtains and so the sun comes up and my brain is like oh it's time to be awake forever great good yeah yeah curtains to my energy. <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think I think if I heard, I would probably wake up from the like pew pew silenced gunshots, but then I would be like, "What was that? Probably a mouse." <laughs> and then I go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really hard for you know. It, it may be easy to wake up, but is it easy to get out of bed? No, much to think about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. As they're as they're in the house, they they get a call. The wife, the house, gets a call on the house phone. Yeah. Um. And the wife answers, and it's this like posh guy. He's like, "I have your daughter. I'm going to blah, blah, like give me a ransom of blah blah blah." blah. And uh, as they're talking, Sherlock like zooms in on Sherlock's face, and he just has this like, "Oh no." Kind of look, because he recognizes that voice. Mm-hmm. He knows who that is. And he says to Joan, I know who that is. Um, and it's, it's Moriarty's lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, the, uh, the British pronunciation of lieutenant is very, um, annoying. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no F and F in there. There isn't. There, it really, I don't know where, where they get that from. You know, yeah, if it no. was like, Oh, Wednesday, or like something like that. It's like, <laughs> okay, you know, the, I see it. You're pronouncing letters that we've decided not to pronounce anymore. Lieutenant, it's like an E and a U. Aluminium. Aluminium. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you just put or an tube. F tube. Tube. It's uh, Tuesday, yeah. isn't it? Um, uh, uh. Schedule. So- <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> So okay, flashbacks to bad professors. <laughs> so um, Sherlock calls Captain over and he's like, Moriarty's involved with this. This is one of Moriarty's lieutenants. Uh, I'm going to, I want to talk to her. And the captain's like, um, she's in like a high security prison. You can't just like waltz in there. And Sherlock's like, well, I know for a fact that I'm on her list of approved visitors. And... <laughs> Joan and Captain look at him like, you what? <laughs> you little rascal. Yeah, I remember hearing a story, um, I've been watching the um, Secret Base series on the Atlanta Falcons, and one of their coaches or general managers, I can't remember which, always left tickets for Elvis. Um, <laughs> but 
but this was like the 80s like mm-hmm. when Elvis was very much dead. Oh yeah, wink wink. Um, he was dead. And, yeah, 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 yeah. We we all know he was dead. And and <laughs> um and and it kind of just makes me think about like, you know, if I was if I was holed up in a in a prison, yeah, who who am I gonna put on my on my visit list? I'm gonna put um you know, my mom, uh-huh. uh my significant other, mm-hmm. and my worst enemy. <laughs> well, for Moriarty, it's kind of you know, two in one, putting Sherlock yeah, on really, the list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my ex-boyfriend and also guy who I want to kill or not kill, but, you know. Study. <laughs> study. Study. Figure, fi- figure out. Exactly. Yeah. So this is. Study his body and his brain. <laughs> Get under his mind sheets. No. Nope. <laughs> um <laughs> So, so Joan is like, how do you know that you're on her, her list? And it cuts to them at the brownstone and Sherlock has spread out all of his letters. And Joan is like, there must be 30 letters here. And Sherlock's like, there's 27. So that's a modest low amount. <laughs> and he's, yeah. and he's like, I love this exchange because he's like, I was just talking to her because, you know, she reached out to me and I wanted to, you know, study her, like her criminal mind. She's like a criminal genius. And so it's like for detective, like for science, for detecting science. Uh, Yeah, I think he says um, that he actually didn't really want to respond to any of the letters. And he didn't until she indicated in one of her letters that she would stop. Right. If he yeah. did, if he if he if he didn't respond to her, so right. He was tr- he was trying to uh, he was trying to um, do like uh, letter retention, to <laughs> correspondence retention. Right. But she she called she called his bluff basically. <laughs> right. Exactly. And he was like, well, I, you know, I had to just keep talking to her so that she would keep talking to me. And bearing my secrets to her for science reasons. And and Joan goes, so, oh, you were doing it as a detective. I'm a detective. You didn't show me these letters. You put them in the beehive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I get, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was personal. Whoopsie. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're able to see her. Yeah, they they schedule a meeting at some. We cut to them at uh, some dock somewhere in mm-hmm. New York, and it's like yeah. the the first cut is like a huge boat. So I was like, wait, is Moriarty in this boat? But no, it's at the the Navy Yard, and uh, basically it's like there's a black site on there. There's like an FBI black site on the area, and Sherlock is like, uh. Isn't she supposed to be, like, in a supermax? Like, she's a bad criminal. And Captain says, well, concessions have been made. Because she, you know, gives some... She has some really good info. Like, she doesn't say that she's at the center of this criminal conspiracy or or whatever. But she, like... She's like, you know, my friend told me that this guy is a big criminal whatever you know yeah so concessions have been made she can now visit the concession stand (laughs) she can can get herself a tree and she can uh continue watching her favorite show Mm -hmm. which uh which uh uh, surprise weirdly enough is bbc sherlock (laughs) no (laughs) what a slap in the face to Uh. to elementary sherlock (laughs) or well i guess in this in in their universe there probably isn't both Show anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> yes, she says, "Let's all go to the lobby." Um, and so they're they're walking to her like where she's being kept, and her FBI handler is talking to them, and Sherlock is like, 
Now, um, Agent Matu, like you should know that your charge is a vile seductress. And uh, but she oh, was like, part, yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm good. Um, I've been I've been screened for, uh, to uh, what did you say? He's, I've been screened to withstand her uh, her charms. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And Captain's like, how do they screen you for that? And Joan is like, he's gay. <laughs> or no, Sherlock says that. Yeah, he's like Sherlock says people can be gay, Gregson. <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we we finally get to uh, Moriarty's little lair and uh you know as he's going in matu is like you know joan you look just like this huge painting that i've seen it's crazy so they go in moriarty's like reading a little newspaper she like peeks out from behind the newspaper and she's like hello sherlock i've missed you and um she basically says like hello joan sorry to hear you're a loser <laughs> yeah, very much so. As she as she immediately starts going in on Joan, and uh, they have they spend some time um, later, and they're having this. They have the conversation. Is that when um, uh, uh, Moriarty lays on like all these questions? It's like, why do you like hanging out with uh, Sherlock? Is it because you're a simp? Is it because you simp for him? Yeah, that's that's later. This is just her being like. You know, Sherlock's letters are not just about detective science, because he did tell me that you're going on a bunch of dates that suck. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is where they inform inform her that they're there because Caden Fuller has been abducted, and they know that she's involved. And she's like, well, I didn't do it. (laughs) Hee hee. And Sherlock's like, okay, but I know that your lieutenant made the call. So, and she's kind of like... Oh, really? Hmm. So this th- that seems to have thrown her off a little bit. But she's like, well, I can give you a bunch of information. I can tell you exactly where he is and what he looks like and what his name is. Uh, if you'd all do something for me. Ooh. Right. So um, Sherlock says, if you help us, I'll keep writing you. And she's like, you're going to anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, f- yeah. Fair play to that. Yeah. <laughs> So she's she's like, you know, if the FBI looks over my list of request demands, then, you know, does some of them, I will help you guys. What do you think was on that list of requests? That's a great question. Um, a photograph of Joan for reference. For yeah, painting. yeah, for, 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 for more painting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, she, uh, so, so we know that she's been given pretty much just the bare bones, like foods and all that stuff. And art and supplies. She's been, Art supplies and a newspaper. Mm. Yeah, um, which will become important later. But uh, if you were if you were at a FBI NYPD black site and they were offering you uh, some concessions in order to for some cooperation, what mm. would you put on that list? Raisinets. No. Um, <laughs> well, I would. I mean, I I'm kind of. Um, simple-minded in that all I can think of is like a helicopter, haha, uh, <laughs> that you can't fly. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I would like the key to my cell, please. Um, <laughs> but what if she? Because so she gets the art supplies, right? She gets the paint mm-hmm. and stuff, and she gets the newspaper. Maybe the next thing on her list is like a balloon and some glue <laughs> and some water. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she pepper mash, pepper mache. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Expanding her artistic horizons. 
She could create a paper mache sculpture of Joan. Oh my god, she could. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Uh, what would you put on your list? Uh, ooh, that's a really good question. Um, probably some some uh, probably a radio. Um, oh yeah. You know, you know, nothing that I could you know like finagle with like a computer. Just a radio, maybe. Um, I'm I'm not really much of a painter, so maybe like some screen printing stuff because I like ooh. screen printing. That's cool. Um, you know, um, I wouldn't really be able to use any of. I wouldn't really be able to get any of the stuff that I use to do like DIY stuff or like crafts yeah. because I would be like, I would like a box cutter, please, and they would be like, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'd be like, fair, fair enough, yeah. J- just get me the most expensive cricket cutter that you can, <laughs> right? Right. You know, I'm not gonna. I, I won't touch the blades. Mm-mm. You can load the blades yourself. Just. Mm-hmm. Give me a cricket cutter and the app. <laughs> exactly. So now we go to uh, the kidnappers. And it's, you know, the girl got kidnapped and this guy, they're like chilling. I don't know. He's like, hope you like it here. Let me know if you want a different kind of plushie or something. I don't know. And um, another kidnapper, you know, goes up to him and is like, we're getting restless over here, boss. Like, have you heard from her yet? Mm-hmm. And... And he's like, uh, no, she's in federal custody. It's going to take a minute. Duh. Yeah. Is, uh, uh, sorry about, is this the, is this the moment where one of the kidnappers asks Caden to play a game with him? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh man. This, this scene made me laugh so hard. Um, this, I was watching this episode at work mm-hmm. and I, and I literally burst out loud, out loud laughing. <laughs> And and I was so scared that like my, one of my coworkers would walk in and be like, "Um, are you okay?" Because uh, you know I'm supposed to be doing like spreadsheets and forms mm-hmm. and documents and stuff. Like nothing funny can happen right. in, a, in, in an art gallery, you know. Yes. Yeah. And and but and so when um one of the kidnappers asks um Caden if she knows how to play cr- uh, cribbage. <laughs> I I just I just I just lost it. I just absolutely. I think I think he says something like, "You can learn a lot by somebody from how they play cribbage." <laughs> it's like and she's I have, eight. This and also and also the person who is talking about cribbage is not somebody who's approximately a hundred and fifty years old. <laughs> right? Neither of them are the right age for this. Yeah, it's very. It's so weird. It's like. It's like the, the only the only thing that would have made me laugh more is if he said, "Would you like to play some bingo?" and just like <laughs> right. pulled out like the, the the ball roller and the and some cards and a big stamp. Yes. Yeah, yeah, oh my big God. bingo dabber. Mm-hmm. And then bingo he would dab dabber. on her. Hey, got to dab on your uh, kidnapping victims. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue as much as haters. Anyway, so. <laughs> They probably hate you. They're, yeah, they're they pr- hate- people tend to resent being kidnapped. Yeah. So now we go to the um, the police station, and uh, all I wrote for this scene was that Joan's hair looks beautiful. So yeah, she's got but, some yeah, loose yeah. waves. Yeah, very face. much so. Yeah, cool. she's she's got a great look, and it's mm-hmm. it, you could probably tell that it's like a little practical because it's not super long, and mm-hmm. so she can like do like detective stuff but it's also styled in the sense that like we know that she's trying to 
she's trying to um hook up and meet people <laughs> yes uh so so you know like you have like the 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 form and function mhm yes that is joan watson to yeah. a t i believe this is when when joan is like uh why did you tell moriarty about my dating life and sherlock's like well uh and then he gets cut off from having to say anything because uh we see that someone's entering the police station and it's Matu and some other people and Moriarty? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, well, I, I heard you love consultants here. He <laughs> Moriarty walks into the 11th precinct and says, finally, someone let me out of my cage. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, uh, what? And um, Matu is in the, you know, in Captain's office debating this with, with Sherlock and Joan and He's like, she has RFID chips in each hand, plus we put ouchie bracelets on her, so she can't go anywhere. She's not escaping, because she's got these bracelets that, like, electrocute her if she gets, I don't know, if she goes out of range, I guess. Yeah, and she's also surrounded by guys with batons and whatever. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. So, apparently, she has um, cashed in a lot of big chips for this one, so she wants to be an active participant in the investigation, and uh, Captain and Sherlock are asking the question that I'm wondering, which is, why does she need to be out, though, to do that? Because yeah, seems like it would be really easy for her to escape if she wasn't in the cell. Very much so. But she's too useful, and she's, you know, they were like, you know, either you take her or the FBI will, so we gotta just work for her. I mean, work with her. Yeah. So then uh, Moriarty, she says, the guy that took uh, Caden is this guy, Devin Gaspar, Gaspar... Gaspar Ghostbar. <laughs> and she draws sketches of him and then like a bunch of other people as well of like his known associates. And um, they put out a finest message, which I don't know what it stands for, but it's like cops get yeah. get the message. So like, you know, not putting it on the news or anything because then the guys will know that they have Moriarty, but at least the cops are, are aware. Yeah. Yeah. So then Moriarty's like... Yay, now we get to go to the the house and like investigate stuff. And Sherlock's like, no, we're not doing that. We're doing other stuff. And Matu is like, no, we said, we told her she could go to the house. She's, we got to take her there. And Joan is like, I will help with that. You go do other stuff, Sherlock. I'll take care of it. Yeah. And then this is uh, at the house is where we get the scene where Moriarty uh, says, um, mm hmm. She says to Joan, once I've figured you out, I'll move on. Yes. And so yeah. will Sherlock. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like, she's like, um, oh, you're very interesting, Joan. You must love hearing that. That must be why you hang out with Sherlock all the time. And do, you, do you crave his approval? Do you simp? Do you simp for him? Is that what it is? Yeah. And, uh, and Joan is like, actually, the partnership was his idea. So there. Moriarty's like, I'm not mad about that. <laughs> You're upset. What? <laughs> so ask me if I care. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. Uh, one thing that you can that you can definitely say about Moriarty and Sherlock is that they don't have very good poker faces at all. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to we cut each other. Yeah. Um, and Joan says, um, you know, I think that you think you love Sherlock, but you don't know what that is, so you can't be sure. And mm. Uh, Moriarty basically says, Sherlock and I are the two people in the world. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We it's just it's just me and him, just the two of us. We can make it if we try. If we try. <laughs> exactly. Um yes. Holmes and I. Um <laughs> so yeah, so sh- and she says the line that you said before of like, you know, once I figure you out, I'll move on. And so will Sherlock. And Joan just has this look on her face like <laughs> Okay. Whatever. So now Joan is back at the brownstone and she <laughs> Sherlock is talking on the phone uh in French and he's very mad. Do you speak French? No. Okay. No, 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 not even a little bit. I, I wish I knew what he was saying. Yeah, I, I me too. <laughs> uh but he's he's saying, ho ho ho, I am disappointed in you. <laughs> I am I don't like that you do not know who this guy is that I am sending you the photo of. And then uh he hangs up and he's got this like old timey phone, like like the wingdings picture of a phone. Yeah, very much. So. <laughs> you know, and he's like slams it down, and she's like, "Why do you have this phone?" And he's like, "I've been I wanted to hang up on people a lot today, and I just needed it for emphasis because it's not the same hanging up on a cell phone where you're just like, boop." And it really, it really does. Uh, it really doesn't feel the same. Oh yeah. The only the only other way that we can get that kinetic sort of satisfaction by hanging up the phone um, on our cell phones is to slam the phone itself into the ground, thus rendering <laughs> yes. it a mere a mere husk of glass and copper and uh, metal. Yes, yes. I have I have definitely like been upset at the end of a phone call and like hung up and then thrown my phone in like mm. anger and it's like that's not a good idea because <laughs> you need that for it to yeah, be a yeah, phone. You- yeah, you you were you were you were. Um, I I remember hearing this anecdote. Um, you were talking to your lettuce dealer, and um, they said that they were out, and you said, "So no head," and then you <laughs> <laughs> you spiked it like a like a football. Yes, and then broke and then broke your skateboard. Yes, I was very mad that day. It was awful. So no head. <laughs> So yeah, so Sherlock doesn't want to have to break his skateboard every time he hangs up the phone. So he he got out this old one from the the closet, which I want to call bullshit on because it's a continuity error. Because if you remember earlier in the season, there was the Blizzard episode where mm-hmm. um where they uh where they're they're in Pam's cool sled yes. truck. Yes, and um. And there's a part where Joan gets a bar of signal and tries to call the brownstone to warn uh, the woman who's staying with them at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, any and there's a disconnected message and and uh, Sherlock makes some quip about you know home phone lines being useless. Yes, yes, so, he stopped so, paying so, the phone bill. Yeah, so he must have started paying the phone bill again just to be able to slam <laughs> the phone. The things that we do for. For kinetic satisfaction. Yes, for the drama of it all. That is a good point. That is a very good point. Yeah, because I, w- I guess I was imagining that he was connecting it to the, to his cell phone, but that doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know how you would do that. I'm sure it's possible. It's possible. If anyone knows how to do it, it would be Sherlock. Yeah, for sure. But basically, he's upset because nobody can like positively or negatively ID well, how do you negatively ID someone? It, nobody can ID these guys that Moriarty has made sketches of. So 
they don't know if the tip is real and you know it's it's getting them nowhere yeah or and, nor, nor nor does um nor does anybody know the name gaspar right right um isn't that the like one of the characters from beauty and the beast or something gaston uh, maybe gaston. Uh, yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure someone is screaming at their phone right now at the <laughs> fact that we didn't know Gaston's name, even though the internet is, as far as I can tell, very horny for him. Really? The what? The live action one? No, I th- I think the cartoon one. Yeah. Oh, but he's meanie. He's he's not a feminist at all. Some people, you know, are broken, and they <laughs> like that. He's a bad boy, by which I mean he has bad personality traits. <laughs> I'm j- I, I'm a bad boy in the sense that I'm bad at being a boy. <laughs> I'm sure if you put your mind to it, you could, but who wants to? Who wants to do that? Eh. <laughs> so Sherlock is like, so do you have fun with Moriarty? I'm sure that's why you volunteered to go with her. And Joan is like, yeah, I did. We made out. Are you jealous? No. <laughs> I am. <laughs> right? I'm jealous that that's not on screen. What the heck? Um, no, but then she's like, you know, it's okay that you have, you know, complicated feelings for Moriarty because Irene was the love of your life. And Irene is Moriarty. But also, she's not Irene. She's Moriarty. So you need to know that she's evil. And, and she's not going to change. She's not going to change. She's never, she's never going to be Irene. And technically, she never really was. Yeah. So, and Sherlock, like, goes to say something, but, like, knows that she's right. And just like sits down. Uh, is isn't this the scene though where he said where he like where she like kind of doubles down on her comments and she's like you have to be comfortable with the fact that like she could she could lie with us she could lie she could be manipulating us right now and he and he refers to Moriarty as a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. That I've had sex with. <laughs> yes. That is later, but that is an amazing line. Yes. Oh, yes, um, yes, yes. But yes. <laughs> I love it. So first we get these like random cops here over the cop radio thing. Um, yeah. We got drunken disorderly, blah, blah, blah. So they go under a bridge, which is never a trap for cops. And um, they see this, you know, this guy. And they're like, sir, you wanna uh you wanna put down the bottle? Whatever. They're trying to, you know, de-escalate him. And yeah. but then he turns around and pew, he shoots them. Ah Yeah. It was an ambush. And then um Devin Gaspar pops out of the shadows and one of the cops' phone like his phone is unlocked, which is I found very unrealistic. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's 2014 when this mm-hmm. episode airs. It's it's a little, it's marginal at that point. <laughs> you know, like believing in Santa Claus when you're eight, it's marginal. <laughs> it's marginal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I thought that know. this was, the, I thought that this was kind of a, a weird scene to, to digest because these two cops receive over this dispatch, like you said, like this message about somebody being disorderly. Mm-hmm. And... When they encounter this person with a gray hoodie mm-hmm. on uh, under the bridge, you know they 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 approach the person with the gray hoodie, and then um, when they when they get out of the car to to try and approach this person, 
guy in a gray hoodie pulls down the hood, turns around, and just like blasts him. Uh, yes. Blasts the cop that's directly behind him, and the cop that's by the car gets shot from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, by Mr. Cribbage. Oh yes. I think. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And uh, what I thought was weird and kind of fucked up about the scene. I don't. I don't know if this is too much of a tangent, but um, the person. So when they when they come across the guy in the hoodie, he's not disorderly. Like he's kicking over mailboxes and mm-hmm. whatever, and and yelling. He's just kind of walking on the road. Yes, and and he's also a person of color. Yeah, and a person who is who is being reported as disorderly. Wearing a gray hoodie, who's a person of Whoa. color, yeah, in twenty in, in just after twenty twelve and early twenty fourteen, like it, and and to you know with the speed at which this person like pulls out the gun and turns around and executes the cop is like very much kind of weird because it, because it's yeah. like you can tell that he's definitely like he's definitely like a trained person to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, yeah, and and I just thought it was weird that like I don't know there was, there was something weird about this person of color wearing a gray hoodie carrying f- like like a, a surprise a gun, yeah, carrying carrying a gun and a, and a beverage in their hand, yeah, Ooh. executing a cop and then being shot from behind by the cop who wasn't actually taken out and and uh, decided to fire in the ba- uh, uh, at the suspects. So that yeah, it's um, a horrible. Yeah, the optics of that are very bad. Very, very awkward optics for sure. And I thought that this is the second time in the show I think where a person who is shot is not immediately dead and decides to take their gun and fire it at a person who has their back to them. So there's <laughs> the there's the there's the episode in the first season where the, I think it's the first season where. That security guard at the mm-hmm. uh, phone store place yes. gets uh, gets shot, and but he's alive. He takes out a gun and he fires it at the person whose back is turned to him. Yes, it's yes. like play dead, man. <laughs> live yeah. to fight another day. That is a really good point. Yeah, God, I, that never occurred to me. Of like, they wouldn't have looked at you again. You, yeah, they, they, yeah, you were dead. Yeah, but you know, cops are. This cop is a hero, so he shoots the guy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was sarcasm. Cops are not heroes. So anyway, um, the uh, Gaspar, Gaspar yeah. Devin Gaspar. Yeah. So he he looks at the unlocked phone. He looks at the you know the sketches, and then um, he gets away before the the, the dying cop is able to shoot him. Basically, mm-hmm. and then they're in the. They're in the morgue, um, Sherlock and Joan and Captain, and they're looking at um, the, you know, so-called disorderly ambush person. Mm-hmm. And um, he matches the sketch, like, completely. And they're just like, this was really random. Like, why did they do this ambush? Like, what was this? What was the point? And then Sherlock realizes it was to look at the finest message. Because only cops got those, so the only way to get a cop's phone is to kill them 
Mm. When you're a criminal, yeah. that's the only thing you can think of. Yeah, really. You know, when you're when you're a hammer, every problem is a nail. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is this? I think this is where he says, uh, "Captain, you sent out a finest message, and Moriarty sent out a finer one." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe go back to the drawing board on that one, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like sometimes Sherlock makes bad jokes. Okay. Yeah, I would. I, you know, although you know, there's something kind of appealing about a, 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 a like a like a person with genius level IQ who can only make dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, he does it a lot. Who, who everyone thinks is a doorknob. <laughs> he is a doorknob. Yeah. So then, um, Sherlock goes to Moriarty and like confronts her about the the code, you know, in the sketches. She's like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I just was drawing the way. That's how I draw. It's my style." I know it's a little derivative, but whatever. That's <laughs> not a crime. They all have tiny waists and huge butts, but that's just my style. So. <laughs> Was she R. Crumb? <laughs> uh, and so uh, Sherlock is like, stop lying to me. I know that there's a code. We both know I'm going to decode it. So just tell me it. Mm. Very dramatic. I did not do a good job of reenacting it just then. It was very dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Johnny... Uh, Lee Miller really goes for it, really, mm-hmm. really lays it in and says, and when he says, stop lying to me, you know, it very much kind of, I don't know if it disarms Moriarty in the sense that like, she's like on the ropes, but she very much does like stop with her train of thought. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, yeah. Cause she was kind of like playing coy and like, he, 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 hoo, hoo, ha, ha. And then, yeah, very much so. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of brought back to reality of like, this is deadly serious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Captain bursts in before she can answer and says, um, Devin Gaspar is on the line. And Devin has called because Caden wants to talk to her mommy. And Captain's yeah. like, Okay, well, Mrs. Fuller isn't here, so I don't know why. And then Devin, like, has already put the phone up against Caden's face, and she's like, Mommy, I miss you! Ah! Yeah, yeah. Her mummy, uh, because she's, because, uh, Gaspar is British. She's British, yes. Right. Oh, yes. Oh, and the Fullers are British, too, because they're old British money. British old money. Yes, yes. So then Devin is like, okay, you heard her, bye! Click. Yeah, very weird, very upsetting thing to hear. And and the mother was not present in the police station. No, and that didn't really seem to bother Gaspar at all. Really, Mm-mm. no, he had a plan and followed through with it. And then uh, they were like, "Okay, um, Moriarty's not a consultant anymore. She needs to leave. She's off this case because that was not that was not cool. Because right. you know she's like clearly sending a, communicating a message with her her sketches, and now this yeah. phone call it's like escalating. Yeah. So then they go back to the brownstone and they're trying to figure out what the messages are, what the messages are in the sketches. And they've worked out that it's a bunch of numbers. And just like any string of numbers that is decoded in a TV show about crime solving, it is GPS coordinates. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. You know, I I think um, I'm very thankful that... um TV shows have not gone the ARG route, where every string of numbers is actually like a hexadecimal cipher or whatever. They just keep it nice and simple and make <laughs> it 
GPS coordinates. It is always GPS coordinates. Yeah. Anytime people are like, I don't know. All we got is these numbers. I'm always like, just put a decimal after the first whatever, yeah. two digits or whatever it is. Like, it's a, obviously it's a GPS coordinates. It's either GPS coordinates. Sometimes it's a bank account yeah. number. Which I thought it might be for this one, because, you know, ransom and everything. But anyway, so they're like, hmm, it's this place in Svalbard. Maybe it's something to do with, you know, how she's going to escape or something. And then this is where Sherlock says the amazing line, where Joan is like, well, you know, do you, is that what you think the GPS coordinates are for or something like that? And and his way of explaining that he's like, I We'll never understand what's going on with her, is he says. The woman is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma I've had sex with. We've all been there. Exes, man. You know, it's What's with it's the tentacle face? I don't understand. <laughs> what do you mean, Dagon? Is that the thing that... D- Dagon what? is a figure in H.P. Lovecraft stories. Oh, 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 yes. The, so that's the kind of questions you have about your ex? Well, one of many, many questions, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love is a mysterious thing. Sometimes a frightening, yeah. horrific thing. A Lovecraftian thing. So anyway, so Sherlock is waiting for the paper boy to arrive because he has uh, asked the paper boy to deliver all the newspapers from the, the one newspaper that Moriarty is allowed to get um, for the last two weeks. Which I think is funny because it's like, you could definitely just go online for that kind of thing. Yeah. And also... When's the last time you saw Paperboy? Yeah. Uh, never. Yeah. Most of the people who deliver papers around here, like, like there used to be a free press, but who, but the only people mm-hmm. who ever delivered free presses were people who were like retirement age or like in, in like, in like high school. Yeah. There's not really any like baskets on the front of your bicycle, like, dee, 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 like riding your bike through the neighborhood and throwing a yeah, newspaper I, at each yeah, house. Although I was transported to like the middle of the century once, uh, very recently. I was, uh, I was at a friend's house, um, just visiting, um, for a little, for a couple weeks. We were both very safe and mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was good. And, and I hear this, this ringing, this bell ringing, um, but it's like constantly ringing, like ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, oh, is that, who's selling ice cream outside? And then my friend goes, oh, that's not ice cream. That's the knife man. The knife truck. And I and I and I oh literally God. looked at my friend and I was like, "What? What are you talking? Is this nightmare and error? <laughs> like, what am I? What, what is what is happening right now? Knife man. You know, the knife man. Yeah, and and oh, <laughs> and she's like, it's a person where you flag them down and they sharpen your knives. I'm like, <laughs> like Freddie, like like who? What? Why? <laughs> like, like every kitchen knife set I've ever seen has a little thing that sharpens your knife. Yes, I can't imagine they get much business, but they they I... do exist. I mean, Elizabeth Leafcrunch has a a viral post about this. Have you seen this? No, no. It's from it's from Tumblr. It's from mm. a while ago. She posted a video of the knife truck coming through her <laughs> neighborhood, and I think that one, the the bell is like. Oh, like the Undertaker's bell for his for his, for his theme song. Yeah, it's like very <laughs> foreboding for some reason. Yes, knife truck. Yeah, you, you know this is this is great because um, on the last episode of Elemental P, I heard I figure I found out that you were <laughs> you are a retired meme. I am. Yes. Yes. And on this episode, I I found out that very good friend Elizabeth Leaf Crunch is also viral. Yes. Do not call her knife truck girl. She will not like it. No. Um, and also don't tell her that I told you that. Uh, 
she knows she knows uh i think the knife truck one is the one that she's like i mean it's like the least of like she didn't do anything to make it you know so it's like i wouldn't want to be known for that either so where were we where were we newspapers yes sherlock's going through the newspapers uh there's a little cut to matu is talking to moriarty and she's like you know, these electrical bracelets are, there are some hackable ways to get around them. And I figured out 17 ways to escape this enclosure. But yeah, I'm, I look at my huge dong, you know, like, you know, just, mm-hmm. just, just trying to just like sway in the breeze. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and just trying to be, you know, very much like a Moriarty, just, just like no, 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 no tact whatsoever. Uh, I do want to quickly uh, uh, go back because um, I figure it might as well be might as well pull this up while we go through it. Um, mm-hmm. So before we get to Moriarty and the agent, um, I have some goofs for you. Some goofs, yeah. Okay. Uh, 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 courtesy of the uh, Internet Movie Database. Oh yes. Um, All right. Yeah. Lay them on me. Uh, so the the name of the newspaper that Sherlock asks the paperboy to bring to his back door at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. is called the New York Ledger. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, when we see the stack of newspapers, we can very clearly see New York Times <gasps> behind the front page of the New York Ledger. Goof. Yeah. And uh, this, a- is a little bit, this is a little bit of trivia for you. Uh, this episode is the very first time we see the back door of the brownstone. Oh, no way. The iconic yeah. back door that's always being a security problem. <laughs> yeah, very much so. That, uh, that, uh, how many people have broken into the brownstone? At least three people, right? It's all from the back door, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, check your back doors, people. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not very good. And then uh, one more piece of trivia over something that we've... Uh, come uh passed over uh the gps coordinates deciphered are oh, yes. uh, as we've as we mentioned are to a location in svalbard norway mm-hmm. but uh uh we learned something about this location um later uh mm-hmm. and, but it is a real location that is uh unfortunately not what moriarty says it is later oh what is what are the the coordinates that are on the screen, what are they what do those go to? She she claims that they go to a a vault of every seed of of, of every flora mm-hmm. in case humanity needs to um rebuild those things again. Yes. The location of the actual seed vault in real life uh does exist and it is in Norway, but it's on an uninhabited island called Ejoya, which um. is east of Svaldbard. So uh pretty well. close, but not quite hope someone was fired for this blunder yeah yeah and 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 and, and if not fired perhaps a digit removed <laughs> right yeah so you can learn that's really funny it's like because like when they put you know like phone numbers in tv shows like the middle three numbers are always five 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 so that like you can't actually call them and like bother whoever is on the other end of that number why put fake gps coordinates like Surely it's exactly as easy as putting the real ones. And you and you could look this stuff up as well. So very yeah. very bizarre. Yeah. They're just trying to make it so that the rabid elementary fans don't go to the real seed vault and <laughs> steal the seeds. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you don't want to dox the seed bank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seed bank sounds very Kryptonian. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> listen to zero to zero if you like hearing jokes about semen retention um <laughs> so so uh after 
yeah, Moriarty's like, hey, Matu, I'm big smarty pants. Um, we cut back to Sherlock and Joan, and and he says, you were right when you guessed that, you know, I actually had feelings about Moriarty, because I will admit in my weaker times, you know, I thought maybe she could change, even maybe not be evil all the time, because, you know, I changed quite a bit. I went from being a drug addict with no friends to being sober. Mm. <laughs> he like he takes this pause before he says like now i'm sober and i have like several friends or like several relationships and i really just <laughs> thought he was going to be like i used to be a, a big you know drug using piece of shit and now i don't do drugs <laughs> yeah uh very kind of weird phrasing there but but at the, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time the angle for elementary that sherlock has a bit of a has a bit of a problem and is and is learning to live with it. It's kind of interesting, especially given the cast of this production, because um, Giant Lee Miller, obviously, for for those who don't know, was in a movie called Train Spotting. Yes, he was, and he played Sick Boy, and very much funny to think about and imagine <laughs> this uh, elementary being some kind of weird post Train Spotting fever dream that sick right. boy has or that right. sick boy reinvents his life and just chooses life and then decides to become a consultant yes um, yes because this all comes out well before um the train spawning sequel mm -hmm. they so yeah i think there's actually because in a later season uh or later uh, i don't know when it is but uh later on Sherlock has to shave his head supposedly for a dare, but I think actually because they were filming Train Spotting 2 and he had to <laughs> have a shaved head for that. Right, right. So. And 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 learning about Johnny Miller and like connecting him with with Sick Boy was very much like a like a ah oh, that, that that's where I saw him. That's where that's where I know that face from. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I I I think Elementary was the first thing of his that I watched. Mm. And then you were like, I gotta see more. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I did. See more of this of this weird man. <laughs> his head is an oval. It intrigues he, me. He kinda has um he kinda he kinda looks like British knockoff version of Joel Bacale sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. In certain angles he's kinda got like that five head going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it really does kinda put him in that angle but but what but as soon as he opens his mouth the illusion is gone <laughs> right right you have to block up your ears and pretend that he's on the soup or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know whatever gets you going or whatever yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway um back to elementary sherlock figures out the cipher it was it, hidden in the classified ads of the ledger were coded message. And he says, Moriarty is not the architect of this grand scheme. She's one of its victims. Dun, dun, right. dun. What? Right. Um, then we cut back to Moriarty and she's like, you know, one of the ways that I could break out of here is by hypothetically, I broke the glass in one of my paint jars and stuck it between my ouch bracelets and my arm. And now I'm bleeding, but I won't get electrocuted for my bad behavior. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then she she strangles Matu. Yeah, hits him with the uh, with the Hitman Two uh, garrote made out of what I can only assume to be like some sort of canvas. It's like a cloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't know why I assumed it was part of her shirt. It was probably <laughs> canvas. Um, 
Yes. So this is where Sherlock reveals to Joan that Moriarty is Mommyardy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So she was she was Caden Fuller's mom. Yep, and that's why yep. she's so invested in this case. And Gaspar knew this. And that's why he didn't care if um, Caden's real mom was at the police station when he called. Right. Because he knew that, th- that she was working with the police. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's who the message was really for. So then we go to the, the kidnappers' place because obviously that's where Moriarty went after mm-hmm. she escaped. Mm-hmm. And there's like some gunshots and Devin goes up to see one of his, uh, one of his guys, you know, one of his lieutenants. Um, maybe his right tenant, uh, <laughs> and he's he's laying over like, or he's sitting next to this like guy who's like dead, and he's like, "I'm sorry, she made me. I have family too. She made me kill him." And Devin's like, "Wait a minute, what? Moriarty's here, and she made you kill this guy?" And then they both get shot. <laughs> yeah, by none other than Mommy Artie. Yeah. Um, and then uh, she goes she goes up to Devin, and he's like. Caden's not here. Bleh. Just shoot me already. And uh, Moriarty's like, oh, no, I'm not going to shoot you to kill you. And when we, she says, I have something a lot less passive for you. She, they, they, this, like, the scene cuts away. Other stuff happens. But when we come back, we see that she has, like, sliced his throat. Yeah. Very. I think. Very weird. Very extreme. Yeah. This is mama bear behavior. Very uh, much so. <laughs> and and this and this is um the culmination of something that um uh Joan said earlier when she said when um Caden gets put on the phone and screams for her mom. Mm-hmm. Uh Joan makes the observation that Moriarty makes a face that she has oh. been on the receiving end of. Yes. She want like she wanted to kill Gaspar. Yes. Yes. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Which and- is how a mom would react. Yeah, and this is uh, and this is the culmination of that. Mm-hmm. Three men wow. dead in the hallway because of Moriarty. Mm-hmm. So uh, between the you know between her saying I'm going to kill you and her killing you, cu- killing him, uh, Sherlock at the uh, at the cell, like seeing the you know the crime scene of her having escaped, gets a call from Moriarty, and she's like, "Hello, meet me here alone, obviously." And Sherlock goes over there. And she's like bleeding, like her, she cut her wrists when she put the glass in between her wrists and the um, electrocuting bracelets. Yeah. So she's like weak and stuff. And, and she's like, well, this is it. You know, Caden, Caden's gone already. And um, I did it. I killed the guys. And mm-hmm. she, they even, they have to mention, she's like, I'm sure you've done the math that Caden is not your child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know that uh, the ma- uh, yeah. When did they know each other? I don't think that that could have. Even if even if that Caden was the right age, I don't think she could have gotten pregnant from Sherlock just in general because I don't feel like he would be that reckless. But also, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. yeah, and and also, um, you know, uh, yeah. She refers to Caden as something really fucked up. She says. The birth of Caden was an indiscretion at the start of my career. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, thanks, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I think she meant her conception, but that's still... Yeah, but, you know, yeah. 
that's like that's calling your kid an accident, but to the highest degree. Yeah, it was an indiscretion. <laughs> yeah, indiscretion. So um, this is where she explains that the or Sherlock explains that she confirms, you know, that it's the coordinates that she had given Gaspar were to the seed vault. What he had been expecting was the coordinates to her like little black book of secrets, basically. Yeah, like she has a lot of information about people and. He was like, oh, so you sent him off, you know, to the Arctic to go on this wild goose chase while you had time to try and think of your next move or whatever. And she's like, yeah, you know, I I bet on my abilities. And this time I also had help from the keenest mind I've ever met. And the face acting in this moment from Johnny Lee Miller is so fucking good. Mm -hmm. Because the muscle in his face that would make him smile twitches. But he doesn't smile. But his smile muscle gets activated a little. It's so ah, uh, it's so subtle. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's like he likes the compliment. That's the good, that's the good shit. That is that. Good job, Johnny. So then Moriarty is like woozy, and Sherlock's like, "Why didn't you try to escape?" And she's like, "I don't need to escape to be free." Right. Okay. I got connections all over the place. Because Joan had mentioned like when they first met. Something like that. Moriarty was like, oh, I, I kind of wanted to show you my painting of you in like a more nice location. Maybe you could visit me in a year. And Joan is like, in a year, you'll be in Supermax. And Moriarty was like, no, I won't. Mm. <laughs> so she seems very uh, convinced that she is she has enough, you know, evil tentacles to be free. Yeah. Then she says to Sherlock, you know, I, I really liked that you sent me all those letters. They've changed me in ways I didn't even expect. And this is some great acting from Natalie Dormer as well. But. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says that, you know, it's influenced my de- decisions a lot more than I than I thought they would. And he says, yeah, I mean, you didn't have to, you could have killed Matu. It would have probably been more expedient in your view, but you didn't. And she's like, yeah, you're, 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 your caring is leaking onto me or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, is that how you learn to be one of them? And... He says, I'm not sure that I am one of them. Yeah. <sighs> Their bond. Yeah. He's not sure bond. that he's one of us. He is almost sure that he and Moriarty are the diabolical kind. <sighs> yes. Yes. Uh, and then, so now we're we're back at the brownstone, um, you know, like winding down. And uh, Joan, I think, comes in and, and tells Sherlock, Moriarty lost a lot of blood, but she got to, taken to a hospital. She's going to be okay. And he's staring at the fire, and he's holding the letters, mm-hmm. and he's staring at the fire, and you think he's going to throw them in, and then he puts the letters back in the beehive. Yeah. I just love that. It's just like, nope, I'm not ready to get rid of it yet. Sorry. Just one more twist. Uh, yes, for us, for us to 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 lure on, and there are many twists in this episode. Well, there is at least two that I can mention that are that twist that happens so soon after the setup that you don't even really perceive them as twists. Um, the first is, I'm sure you've done the math. Mm-hmm. The time in between us learning that Moriarty is Caden's mom and that line is very short. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not, not a lot of time to question if Sherlock is the exactly. dad. And the reveal of the letters at Sherlock's side when he's sitting in the chair and him putting them in, back in the box and then putting them in the beehive again. It's a very short period of time. And so it feels like 
you know, yeah. maybe we could have had a little bit more teasing with the motherhood thing and also the letters being a thing that maybe Sherlock would destroy, even contemplate destroying. Like if what like if yeah. Watson said you should destroy these, you should not talk to her. Yeah. But yeah. none of those twists are really game changery anyway. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe the fact that we now know Moriarty has a child and gave up this child to the Fullers because she knew that they were having issues with uh, uh, conceiving their own child, mm-hmm. which I guess is kind of interesting because it's a very it's a very strange thing for somebody who thinks that they're not empathetic to do. Yeah, yeah. Because, you, you know, there is a simple solution for if you get pregnant and you don't want the baby. Right. But she's, like, so attached. And, she, you know, she clearly is, like, keeping some tabs on, on the girl as well. You know, she cares about her. It's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Moriarty is a person? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that's the episode. Yeah. I just have a little bit more trivia to end off with. All right. The title of the episode, The Diabolical Kind. I thought it was very uh, mm-hmm. evocative. I thought, ooh, is that a reference to perhaps some romantic literature or something? No, it's a reference to a, mm. uh, a, a line that Shakespeare says in one of his short stories. In fact, the, f- the first oh. short story that Moriarty uh, appears in, um, that story is called The Final Problem. Which Wait. was originally intended by... Oh, yeah? Do you mean Arthur Conan Doyle? You said Shakespeare. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, gosh. Old, old... Like, like people before 20th century, they're all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, short story, The Final Problem, was intended to be the final Shakespeare story. Not Shakespeare. God damn sure. Sherlock. God damn it. Sherlock story. Uh, no, Sorry. please keep all those in. I want... I, I, I want to have more laughs be at my expense. Uh, uh, The final problem uh, Sherlock says about Moriarty, uh, Moriarty has hereditary tendencies of the most diabolical kind. Oh, hereditary tendencies. Right. Right. Wonder if her daughter got those too. Yeah. And, and Hmm. I'm thinking, thinking about uh, Sherlock is kind of this character that comes out of the 19th century English version of criminology. Mm hmm. Which is very much that crime is a personal is is a is a matter of personal failure mm. and combined with biological imperative. So people are born criminals. Uh-huh. There are certain people who we will not name who are born at predispositions to criminal activity, and that the state's job is to. Uh, Lock them up. Grab them. Or prevent them from being born in the first place. And so Mm. to have this statement about Moriarty, which this is very hard science kind of like Mm -hmm. deduction on the part of Sherlock, have that phrase turned on its head and refer to the personality that Moriarty has developed alongside Mm. her reputation. And then, you know, thinking about these people who consider themselves heroes and villains of a certain kind, Mm. struggle even with that conviction that they are truly heroes or villains. Yeah, that is really interesting. Yeah, it's like the diabolical, in the original story, you're saying, like, applied to the hereditary tendency towards crime. Right. But in this, it's just like, maybe she's evil, but she's Mm -hmm. not. But perhaps... An int- that's an interesting um, juxtaposition. Yeah, for sure. Comparison to make. And uh, I think, I, uh, oh, there's one more piece of trivia that I think is just nice. It's not super uh, important or anything, but um, 
it's pretty cool. Um, there's a there's a photo that we see um, on Captain Gregson's desk. Um, mm-hmm. That is the actor who plays Captain Gregson, Aiden Quinn. That's a photo of his uh-huh. actual wedding. Oh, uh, oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, and uh, to actor Elizabeth Brecco. So huh. yeah, that that is an actual wedding photo, which I think is uh, very nice. Um, yeah, it's a neat touch because Eliz- this is yeah, that's one of the the shots when Sherlock is talking about like you know, is love real or why is it hard? Yeah, <laughs> and Captain's looking at a yeah his wedding. That explains why the woman woman in that photo does not look like the woman that plays Captain's wife in other episodes. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's the episode, the diabolical kind. Excellent. So we've got a couple questions. These are <laughs> from a while ago, but uh, they're about this episode. So if you have questions for the LMNOP podcast, you can tweet at tweet at it, tweet me it, uh, us, <laughs> whatever, um, <laughs> at LMNOPcast on Twitter. Um, we also have a Tumblr that I guess I will have to rev up the old friars on the Tumblr to get that back up. Um, so we have uh, two questions about this episode, the diabolical kind. The first one comes from Smoking Big Doinks in Hoenn <laughs> at Sunhat Jane <laughs> who asks, what if instead of a painting of Watson, Moriarty had commissioned a painting of Watson's fursona? What animal would that be? Hmm. Watson's fursona. I'm leaning towards panther. Panther is good. Panther's good. Because she's got that black, silky hair. Oh, yeah. And she's, you know, cunning and beautiful. Yeah, that's really, really, really good. Um, hmm. I I am not a fursona expert. Like, I cannot suss out generally speaking like 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 i'm not someone who who thinks a lot about celebrity personas <laughs> so i'm going to have to cheat and and i'm going to challenge actually uh uh everyone's mind palace to envision this uh, okay lucy lou the mm-hmm. the actor who plays uh uh john watson mm-hmm. beautiful person i want lucy lou I want Joan Watson's persona to be Lucy Lu- based on Lucy Liu's star sign, which is Sagittarius. That's right. Okay. I want a centaur Joan Watson. Wait, is Sagittarius, is it a person and a horse? Yes. I, uh, it is a per- no, it is a, it is a centaur. It is a horse person. A horse person. Sorry. Yeah. I, I was thinking of, isn't there one that's like a mermaid version of a different animal or something? I don't know uh, what- my brain just invented, but <laughs> you've invented uh, something wonderful. I would, I would say, but yeah, so L- Lucy Liu's um, uh, uh, star sign is the Sagittarius. So I want to hmm. see Joan Watson, the Centaur. I do too, and I really the, do. The, and the best part about something like that is that in order to capture the centauriness, uh huh, bigger painting, even bigger, ten feet tall, fifteen feet wide, to get the whole centaur in there. Do you and, think yes. if if Joan was a centaur, she would let Sherlock sit on her back when they travel? <sighs> I feel like it's not a right away thing, and he would be kind of annoying, so she wouldn't let him do it all the time. Yeah. But sometimes if they were walking somewhere and he was getting tired, she would be like, okay, <laughs> come on up. I think that the progression would be cart. Like she would pull, like she would rather pull a cart with him than have uh-huh. him be physically on her. 
Yeah, that makes and sense. And then and then you have saddle. Mm-hmm. And then bear and then and then third base, you know what that <laughs> means. It's bareback. <laughs> and he would call it that and she would be like, Stop calling it that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yes. Uh Joan, it's simply more efficient for me to bareback you. Stop saying it. Stop saying <laughs> it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is the stuff that I think everybody who writes slash fiction should be aware of. And if you'd yes. like to forward me five dollars for the idea, you know, DM me on Twitter. It's only fair. That's a very low royalties amount, you know. Yeah. Um Okay, so we have another question from Joe Bulldozer at the tallest Jew on Twitter. Yeah. Shout out to Joe Bulldozer, by the way, lives in the same city as me, not to dox either of us, uh, but uh, helped me move. Yeah. Which was amazing. Thank you to Joe Bulldozer. All right. Joe's question is, what do you think happened to the lawyer pair that took big oil to the Supreme Court, per that screenshot? So apparently Moriarty is reading the newspaper I mean, not apparently. She is reading the newspaper in this uh, screenshot, and apparently it says, Lawyer pair takes big oil to court. Or to su- to Supreme Court. Well, you know, I think, when I think about lawyer pair, I think about, um, you know, like a, like, a, like a dynamic duo, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that um, the best thing that you could hope for, given the combined force of two people mm-hmm. who call themselves lawyers, is mm-hmm. a... Seven-figure settlement out of court. All right, yeah, I could see it. Um, uh, oil spills do come up in 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 elementary. If you remember the episode where they're talking about that group that represents energy companies that gets bombed, or that yes. was that was supposed to get bombed. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Joan specifically brings up um, gas spills. Uh, yes. oil spills. And uh the sad thing is that uh it keeps happening. So that could be a reference to anything. True. Although it was 2011, 2012 when that episode came out, so we can probably imagine the BP oil spill was the big one. Oh yeah. Uh, but there's so, just so many to choose from. Right? And the best thing that you can hope for is a seven-figure settlement that doesn't even put a dent in uh, the energy company's uh, coffers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And doesn't change their behavior in any way. No, no. Yeah. So a pair of lawyers taken on uh, a gas company, they'll get hush money. And mm. it will not be enough money to pay for all the people who have to try and mitigate the consequences of that spill. But there's also Ooh. a photo of a bridge and like a harbor. That looks like a pre-industrialized mm. part of town. So you can expect cleanup efforts in that area to be nil. Boo. Uh, yeah. Maybe this lawyer pair is kind of like the Sherlock and Joan of lawyers in that mm. there's two of them and they're awesome. So maybe the settlement is just the beginning. That, you know? that, that's what we need. We need people like Holmes and Watson taking down energy companies. Mm-hmm. There are some moments in the in the in the in the show where Holmes is very ambivalent towards corporations and is very critical of them. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, we love it. And also, but also, I'd love to see a more proactive Holmes. What would a Holmes? Yes. What would a, what would a Holmes who is really going after people who are evil be like? You know, because because mm. you know Holmes is a very reactive detective. You know, like yes. a crime takes place and then he cares. Mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah. Put some of that noggin to, to, to use. Do some praxis. Yeah. Poison Ivy, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> now that's a team up. <laughs> yes. But Joan would also be there, to be clear. Yes. 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 We have, okay, so one more question, which is from the Discord. Um, uh, Discord user Divorced Mage asked, the obvious question, where would the giant Lucy Lou painting be placed in your home? Oh. They also said they would keep it under their bed to protect from monsters. Okay. Okay. Very challenging thought that uh, <laughs> did not did not consider that. I am one of those people. I'm gonna I'm gonna get, hand myself a huge L right here at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. I do not have a bed frame oh. because I, because I'm scared of monsters, so I don't have that fear. Okay, well that sounds like a W then, because there's no way or for the demons to get you. Exactly, exactly. So or monsters. I don't, you didn't say demons. Either either one. Um. So here's the problem with me. Right. The problem with me is that I live in an attic, and the attic kind of is- a weird flex that you only have one thing wrong with you. But okay. <laughs> well, well, the thing I want to reveal right now is that I live in an attic, <laughs> and that okay. there are, and that there's only one completely vertical wall that is taller than like three feet. Uh huh. And it's okay. right, and it's and it's at the head of my, and it's the, it's at the foot of my bed. <laughs> so. So, so the next time somebody comes over uh-huh. and I show them the place, I'm gonna have to explain why I have that yeah. at the foot of my bed. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to put it at the foot of your bed. You could put it on the ceiling. The thing <laughs> is, is that the way that my walls converge, like, uh, like on, like my walls converge diagonally. Oh, there's okay. no, there's no six by ten. Or six by seven, or however the dimensions of the painting are, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very small wall. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very thin. Sorry, it's a very s- short ceiling. Right, right. So, so I really the the foot of the bed is the best option, and I don't know how I'm supposed to explain that <laughs> to people. Uh, you can. <laughs> because it's not even. It's I'm not sure if we've really described it. It's not a lewd portrait it's no. just a sensible portrait like you would have in a personal office at a bank mm-hmm. yeah but it's but it's joan watson okay yes. okay here's a question that i just that i just came up with okay for, no first of all you answered the question oh okay so i i would put it at the head of my bed um, and anybody that had a problem with it i would just kick out and never invite over again mm-hmm. you know like, oh, why do you have that giant painting of Lucy Liu? Like, oh, why are you in my house? Get out. <laughs> you know, the foot of my bed could easily become the head of my bed because, as I mentioned, I don't have a headboard or, or mm. footboard. So it's up to you. You know, I, it could also be the head of my bed as well. She could, she could just watch over you. Yeah, and 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 the night terrors that occasionally visit me. <laughs> yeah, the they d- would get so entranced in her beautiful eyes they wouldn't bother you. Yeah, there's a so so as I mentioned, I live in an attic, and there's a back door mm-hmm. that goes to like a patio space in my backyard, mm. and uh, I occasionally have um, nightmares that people will walk through the back door of my room. Oh no! And when they walk through the back door of my room, it the door opens to where my bed is. So uh-huh. I'm imagining somebody opening the door, and they see me asleep, <laughs> and, I'm, and I and I'm, and I have my night I have my nightie on and my cap, mm-hmm. and I'm snoo- and I'm snoring. And they and they turn the flashlight on, and the flashlight beam lands directly on Lucy Lou's face. <laughs> they then turn around and leave my room yes. and close the door behind them. 
It sounds perfect. Sounds like we know exactly where she needs to go. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so here's a follow-up question to that mm-hmm. very good question by Divorced Mage. Do you think that the people who run elementary mm-hmm. commissioned an actual painting of Lucy Liu as Joan Watson? And do you think, who do you think has that painting now? That is a great question. You know, Lucy Liu herself is is a painter. I did not know this. Yeah, she has some really great, very like women, gay, gay women paintings. <laughs> They're awesome. Um, I now that I'm saying that, I don't think they would make Miss Lucy Liu spend all of her time painting a self portrait. Uh, but I wonder if she has it in her, if it's hers now. I, I don't know. I, th- I mean, I like, what I'll- else happens to set pieces like that? Yeah, I I'm not going to reuse it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, unless there's another uh, thing of Lu- with Lucy Liu in it where she plays someone who's really vain who needs a portrait of herself. There actually, wait, so there actually is <laughs> because in um, there's a show called Why Women Kill, and Lucy Liu is in the first season of it, and oh. she literally plays a character who has a portrait of herself in her. Is it house. the same portrait? <laughs> no, no, it- it's a much more like glamorous. It's also it's like set in the eighties, so it's like an eighties kind of portrait. Oh my <laughs> gosh, there are so many Lucy Liu portraits out there right now. I know, like director just see her and they're like i i need a painting of you uh for the for the show obviously that's great i i have no i have no choice but to tweet at lucy lou hey where's that portrait though (laughs) can i buy it from you (laughs) can you sign it and then send it to me and i will buy it yes yes or perhaps just send it to me out of the kindness of your heart i don't have any money thank you (laughs) yes That's what my letter would say, at least. Absolutely. We can share the painting. Yeah, yeah. It's like a timeshare. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'll ship it to wherever you're at, mm-hmm. and then you could have it for the a half a year, and then ship it back to me, and then I'll have it for the other half of the year. It's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I'll have my people reach out to Lucy Lou's people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's all it for questions, is it? Yes, it is. Awesome. So, where can people find you on the internet oh wow people can find me on twitter basking in in the glow of so many brilliant posts by all (laughs) my cool funny friends um you can find me tweeting about wrestling art and uh, weird stuff and poetry at at flourish caster underscore all right and you're on henry kissinger's pokemon going to die um are you on any other podcasts? Yes. I have also been featured recently on Fear Braiding by friend of the show, Sarah, aka Sun Hat Genia. Yes. And I am also on this show, LMNOP. I'm also going to be on an episode <laughs> of Fear Baiting that's coming out for Schlocktober. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, cool. That's going to be really, really good. And, uh, you know, I also have a radio show. If you are a person who uses the internet, which you must be in order to hear this. You can <laughs> find my show on local radio station CFMU.ca. And my show is called The Sound of Shadows. It airs every th- Friday morning at midnight. All right. And, is that live? Uh, it, it is not live, unfortunately, because we're mm-hmm. still dealing with like COVID stuff. But mm-hmm. I would very much love to, to be on, uh, to host it live. But I just did a new episode recently and the premise of the show is that I play spooky music. Um, and, and, and every show ends with a, um, spoken word 
component. And lately I've been playing scary stories. So if you're in a spooky season mood, check out The Sound of Shadows, which I will also link on my Twitter. Perfect. Spooky time. It's coming up. It's almost spooky time. I mean, for some people, spooky time is all the time. But True. True. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, you can find me um, at Flight Cub. Buh, buh. The second B stands for... <laughs> uh, you you always have the best raspberries, I must say. Thank you. <laughs> you can find Element OP on NoiseSpace.xyz, a podcasting network for all kinds of good stuff. I had like yeah. Henry Kitchener and Nightmare and Era and Fear Baiting and Kyle XY and Zero to Zero. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, zero to zero. Please stand zero to zero. I have one. I have one extra surprise fact. Oh. Okay. So there's a surprise fact that connects fear baiting and specifically your episode on fear baiting, where you review the yes. mummy. Yes. Yes. And elementary. Yes. Th- there have been not one but two people in elementary who were on the mummy. Oh, and really? Yes. So. We had the, the first one is Arnold Voslo, who yes. plays um, the titular mummy. Mm-hmm. Imhotep. He, yes. He shows up as the Greek national who gets conscripted to do that assassination. Oh, uh, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and, and the second person is John Hanna. John Hanna. Is is Sherlock's former dealer, whose daughter gets kidnapped. John Hanna played the brother of Rachel Weiss's character in The Mummy. Oh, yeah. Reese. Yes. 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 Wow. Small world. Absolutely small world. Um, and you know what? Uh, because your appearance on Fear Baiting... Um, you know, way past is way past the point where you've recovered the first season. Um, I thought it was good to bring up now because you know, synchronicity. Yes, amazing. Yeah, listen to the fear baiting episode with Val. It's very good. Oh, thanks. Listen to the fear baiting episodes with Joe. Yeah, they're good. Um, you can also find um, Element OP at Element OP Cast on Twitter and Tumblr, as I said before. I would like to say thank you to Noah Geist for our intro song um, at Owl Dude on Twitter and uh, Summer Geist for our pod art uh, at Stellar Ghost on Twitter. So good. Yes. So, so, so good. If you're looking for good podcast music, I know a Geist. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been try- I've, been wait- I've been waiting to make that joke for so long. <laughs> and uh, as we always say, Thank you for listening. This marble will keep on rolling. Rolling, 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 rolling. What? Keep rolling, 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 rolling. What? Sorry, I have, <laughs> I have, I have wrestling on the mind. At that, I accept everyone the way they are. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you again for joining me, Joe. Yes, thank you for having me, Val. Goodbye. Bye. She's watching the detectives. Ooh, it's so cute.